0: This morning I want to talk to you about weeds, and um, you may think there's a whole lot in Scripture about weeds, and, and there is some, but I want to talk to you about weeds and what they are. Um, many of you have heard my story about my green thumb. We had a little garden several years ago, and it wasn't real big, 20 by 20, and we had tomatoes and cucumbers and peppers or whatever we always seemed to do, and, and there was some grass trying to grow up all around. How many of you remember what I've done? I did what any novice person who doesn't know what they're doing would do. I got my little spray bottle, put some Roundup in it, and went all the way around my garden spraying the grass on the outside. That would have been okay if I'd had it this far off the ground and there was no wind. But there was a little bit of wind. I went back later and noticed that everything was turning yellow and the leaves were getting... I killed my whole garden. I was trying to prevent weeds and stuff from getting in it, but I ended up killing it all. And in every one of our lives, there's, there's things that encroach our, our lives and... And get involved that has no business being there, and they are always weeds. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about weeds and tell you what they are. And as you begin to look at your life, I want you to think about this. Weeds are invasive. I don't know, maybe your yard is perfect. Maybe your yard is all, uh, maybe you put all that, uh, what do you call it? Turf, you put all that turf, sod out on it, and man, it's perfect, and everything's uh, Kentucky 51 bluegrass and it looks like a carpet and it's amazing but where I live there's a variety of things in our grass there's some stuff I don't know what it is that we get dandelions and I hate those things and I just do and uh and then there's other stuff that pops up and I don't know what it is, so I just keep it mowed and, and try to make it look as good as I can but weeds are very invasive they're not friendly they're not your, you know they may fill in holes but they're always things that are uh, you don't really want in your garden or even in your life weeds are consuming how many of you have ever heard the term pigweed how many of you uh, how many how many of you know how many seeds are in a single peewee, pigweed pigweed a a pigweed plant I, th- I think there's like 100,000 seeds in each pigweed plant you know where you know where pigweeds are this summer i want you to drive around looking people's beans fields and as you drive around looking bean fields, you'll see this big pointed looking plant sticking up all over a lot of them. Every now and then, it may just be in a corner or along the edges, but a lot of people's beans, it's everywhere. Matter of fact, they have a better pigweed harvest than they really do their beans sometimes because they don't, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'll get off of that, right, Paul, Clary? But some people don't maintain the weeds right. And so you get these pigweeds. You know where else pigweeds go? They go everywhere. You can go down to the Current River and go on those rock barges, and there'll be pigweeds growing there. You can go anywhere there's never been crops, and there's pigweeds. They're very, they're very controlling, and you almost cannot um, get rid of them. I remember several years ago, Latham was working uh, down at Chris Porter's one summer, and, and he was out in these cotton fields, and him and another guy, one of Chris's family, they were out pulling pigweeds up. And if you've never tried to pull a pigweed up, a pigweed has a root about this long, it seems like, and usually the plant will break before the root comes up. Why does it have that ability that the root stays but the plant comes up? Because it's learned, because it's been tried to be annihilated. Now this is, a, this is a preach in your own life. There are certain weeds in our lives that the roots become deeper. And they know how to survive even when you pull the surface part off. And in your life and my life, there's a lot of things that we can pull off at the top. But deep down inside, there's still a seed, there's a core, there's a root system that's still there, and it tries to grow up. And so in every one of our lives, we have to be cautious. Uh, so I've, I've said two things. Uh, they're invasive, they're consuming. Also, they can be harmful. I remember as a kid, how many of y'all know what a thistle is? Yeah. Thistles are a weed. You don't go up and grab them with your bare hands. You handle them with care to, to remove them. And if you don't take care of them correctly, they will expand uh, quickly. Weeds have an accelerated growth rate. One of the things that's happened, and you guys who have farmed for a long time, you've seen what's happened with plants, especially weeds. They have the ability to kind of conform to the, the things coming against them to, a, to a destroy them. If you look in a lot of crop fields, a lot of the weeds will go faster than the plant that you planted, the seed you planted. Because weeds are known that they've got to get up quick to get access to the sun. And if they grow faster, the roots grow deeper and they can take the moisture, the nutrients, and gather the sun. And then your plant that you want growing begins shadowed and becomes shaded. And so the sun is stolen, the moisture is stolen, and the minerals are stolen. So they grow, they have accelerated growth rates. They hinder the life of everything that's productive. You put them around certain things, they, they hinder the life of it and the fruit that it produces. They're difficult just to pull up. To pull up, they compete with everything that's near them. There's a. Uh, I'm going to ask you not to take this out of the church this morning. This little story I'm about to tell you. But I'm going to tell you a story. I have several cows out by my house, and, and uh, Larry has a few in there with mine on our side, on his house side, and he's got several on the other side. But there's this one big cow. Is Larry white in here this morning? Good. Larry's not here. Uh, he's at his church. But there's this one big cow, she's a Simmental cross, she's real long, she's big, she probably weighs 1,400, 1,500 pounds, great big cow. And what happens is, I've got two big feed bunks that I pour grain in, I pour feed, pour feed in. And all the cows that see her, they go to the other one, because this big, long cow, she's got these big eyes, and if a cow goes to the place where she's eating, she rolls her eyes real big, and she does her head. Her neck's about as long as a giraffe, and she whips it back and bust them all, and knocks them out of the way. So well, I just got dizzy doing that. So what I do, I do the Greg Hubbard thing, all right? And so I, I, I take my little cattle stick. Actually, I take a little fiberglass fence post, and I sit and watch her. And if she gets too aggressive, I start popping that ear. Sorry, Larry, don't listen to SoundCloud. But i pop her on the ear because she is a bully. She overtakes. She doesn't want anybody else to have the grain. She wants it all. And it's the same way with weeds in our life. It wants everything. It wants your every moment. Any of you who have addictive personalities, and you get involved in certain things, and it it can be Facebook, it can be knitting, it can be crocheting, it can be fishing, it can be all these things and activities that you enjoy, but it consumes every bit of your life. It becomes a weed. It becomes something that is not beneficial because it now has dominion over you. Let me carry on. So anyway, uh, that cow knows when I go to feed, she kind of watches where I'm at, and and I'm just delicately touch her ear, and she moves on. Okay, they compete. Uh, weeds compete with everything near them. They are greedy for the nutrients and and the moisture and everything else that needs to be going to other plants. Now, some of you are thinking, "Wow, what a message!" It's the same way in our lives. There is always something competing for God's attention in your life, and if you don't learn to delicate and add, and add it and Allocate some time and some special resources in your life, something else would take every bit of it. So, the first place I'd like to go to you with you this morning is in the book of Matthew in chapter 13. And the first thing we have to do is we have to recognize them. A lot of times we don't recognize them. We think, well, it's just, it's just not that big a deal. It's not that big a deal. How many of you ever go to Amazon? How many of you shop on Amazon? How many of you look at clothes on Amazon? Shoes on Amazon? Household goods on Amazon, food on Amazon, makeup on Amazon. Are you with me? Hunting stuff on Amazon, cattle feeder rings on Amazon. Anything you can imagine, Amazon can become addictive because it's at your fingertips. We have these little contraptions in our back pocket that has everything in the world. Maybe you're consumed with news, and all you do is watch the news all the time, and your mind is constantly bombarded with what's going on somewhere else, and your mind is being consumed with something that you don't even recognize. In Matthew chapter 13, and verse 24, it says, And another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man that sowed good seed in his field. I want to stop here for a minute, because some of you think, what was that first eight minutes about? I'm trying to get us to understand the same way Jesus did. Jesus broke things down in parables to make them relevant. Now, can I make them relevant? Not very well, because I kind of mess them up a lot of the times. But you understand what weeds do. Chris, do you understand what weeds do? They give you work. That's what they do. They create a job for you because what they do is they sell chemicals to battle. Okay, this thing. All right, so here we are in this situation that we have. There's things that, that was sowed. And let's, Let me go on. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came, and he sowed tares among the wheat, and he went his way. And when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? From whence does it have tares? And he said unto them, An enemy hath done this. And the servants said unto him, Will we go and gather them up? And he said, No, lest while you gather, gather up the tares, you will root up also the wheat with them. Let them both throw together unto harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. What are the weeds? The weeds which are purpose, was purposely put in your life, has brought to bring a lot of confusion and bring a lot of distractions. And a lot of our, our weeds that we have in our life are things that we've sown into our own life. But in verse 24 it says, he sowed good seed. Potential to produce. His investment in his life was productive. I'm going to go back in time as a parent. And I'm going to share some stories. My wife and I were young and, and I remember when Tyson was in 8th grade, we had a, a bunch of the kids came out to our house and and they wanted to play music, and, and me being the way I was, stupid, uh, the way I was, they, a bunch of kids came out there, and when they came out there, and they showed up, they wanted to play music. And Tyson wanted to play, I don't remember who it was, it was nobody, it was something mild and something, goobastank or something like that, I, don't know if they, I think it's a group, is that a group? Seventh day north or twelve days into slumber. I don't know what they were. There were some groups that it doesn't matter if stuff relevant to if you're thirty. And I said, one, he is not going to come out here and play this music. And me being the great dad, I did offered him my Beach Boys CD. And we laugh. We'd spent years sowing good seed into a young man, and I begin to throw all kinds of tears in his life. As I began to throw tears in his life, and began to create resentment toward his dad. And resentment does a lot of things in marriages, in relationships with friends, family. So over the years, instead of embracing anything I would suggest, the embarrassment became something that was detrimental to him. I don't bear all the brunt of all of his poor decision making, but I will tell you this, I sure didn't help it any. And when we sow tears into people's lives, oftentimes we don't think that it's that big a deal that we did it, but many times it is. The potential was there to produce good things. This man had invested in his own life, and he done the things that were going to be productive. But now he's in a situation that things are there that he never anticipated. Verse 25, while he slept, while life was taking place, things began to be so there. Things to hinder his growth and his potential. Socially, and I'm going to stop here for a minute. How many of y'all seen on the news this, this lady? She pastors a Pentecostal church somewhere in Australia. And she was actually, she is the greatest woman tennis player ever, better than Serena Williams, any of these. And she dominates. She won more Grand Slams than, than any other woman in the history of tennis. And, um, and she is from Australia. And where she is at, she pastors. And, and they were asking her some questions about morality and things. And she, she said, what we have happening In the lives of our kids is our kids are being brainwashed just like with Hitler. They're being told that everything's confused. They're confused. That they don't have sexual identity. If they have any kind of question about how they look or how they're made, it's because there's a sexual identity. And boy, she began to speak things. And I thought, she's exactly right. What's happening in America and all across the planet is everything is about sexuality. Everything. Now, it started back in the 60s and early 70s about free love and having whatever doing whatever but now it's taking on a whole other form and what we don't understand are these are seeds that are tares that are growing amongst us and we don't see it and we may not recognize it but what it's doing is it is destroying the future of kids that live in confusion and live in fear and live with dude there, there's things going on now that is absolutely outrageously ignorant simply because what was so good has now got tares growing in it does that make sense and in every one of our lives, some of us are products of things. My uh, growing up um, I better not go there all right our children are being bombarded with sexual identity based on exposure and availability. You can be what you want to be. you can change what you want to be. You know, <clears throat> my son was a drug addict, been one for several years, but he was not born a drug addict. He wasn't through a series of events and any one of us in this room that have issues that we deal with now am I, I going to say that some of us don't have homosexual tendencies or have other things absolutely those are things that happen but those are tears that get sown in potential of something that's wholesome and right And verse 30 the thing about this is there's always a time of reckoning there's always a time that we have to recognize what is separating our off. and I want to speak to you this morning on this last verse it says let both grow together until the harvest. And when the time of harvest has come, it's says, first go and look at the tares. And I want every one of us right now in our life, I want you to look at the things that are growing in our life, and I want us to think, what is beneficial and what isn't? What is something that's, that's questionable? What is something, and, and, and let me just tell you, everything that I'm talking to you about is based on morality and the view of God, how he made it, how he functioned, how he wanted things to work, and how he anticipated things to work. If you would go back early enough, there were no tears. There was no resentment. There was no problems. There were no issues in the land with Adam and Eve. There were none. But as soon as sin crept in, issues began to rival. Did they not? Not just Adam and Eve. First thing with their kids. The rivalry of anger and things being unjust. Now let me stop here for a minute. When you begin to think God is unjust, you begin to turn your values and you begin to elevate yourself above the the opinion of God. And any time that you think God is unjust because you don't understand your circumstance, you have now become supreme. How many of you have ever seen the movie The Shack? I would encourage you, I've never read the book. I'm one of those guys, if it's got a lot of pictures, we're good. That's not true, I do read regardless. But if you've got the movie, watch it. Because the movie really stresses the, the impact of how we want to judge everything according to how we want to see it without basing it on something that's higher than us. And in the life of every believer, if we ever begin to get tears sowed in our life, if we begin to elevate our opinion above what God's word says, we have just become an infidel. We've just begun to think that we are higher than him. And some idolatry and a variety of other things will begin to dominate our life. But in verse 30, it says there's a time that you will gather, you will bind, and you will burn. The last part of that, it says that you will not do that, but you will just gather the wheat. There's a big difference in gathering, then binding, and burning. And that's the thing about recognizing. And let me ask you, what are some things that's potential in your life that are not benefiting you in your walk with Christ? What is it? And, And we can point blame, we can say other people are doing it, but here's the deal. We're about to talk about this next step, about how we can blame everybody else for everything that goes wrong in our life. But the reality of it is this, until you and I recognize, and friends, this is not a beat you up message, this is a reality about weeds growing in every one of our lives because we all have them, every one of us, every one of us. And you may think you don't, but friend, your eyes are blinded because every one of us have weeds. Some of us just may have a little bit more. Go if you don't mind. Go, we're going to go to Proverbs and, and talk about it for just a minute. And We'll go to Proverbs chapter 13. But in Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 15, it says that the horse leech and death and a variety of other things, and like the earth when it's barren, is, never gets enough. And it's the same way with some relationships. Have you ever been in a relationship that everything is one-sided? Everything's about you giving and you giving and you doing and you doing and you doing and you doing, and, you doing, and the other person just receiving and receiving and receiving and receiving. That's not a healthy relationship, is it? Is everybody awake? Everybody all right? It's, it's critical that we understand these relationships have to work right, and it takes both of us working in them. But in Proverbs, <coughs> let me go there myself. Uh, relationships are so critical because the thing that's so important about relationships is that when God made us, he made us with intention to have a relationship with him. And anything that separates us from him is something that's detrimental. And in chapter 13 and verse 20, it says this He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. And I want to stop there. Relationships are one of the most important things in your life. It is. We have so much social media and, and the people that you send text messages to, and, and you're sending Snapchats to, and, and Instagram and to, and I don't really know how all that stuff works, I don't know how Facebook works, but all these people that you send private messages to, or they send private messages to you, those are critical things about your relationships. And Proverbs 13 says that a wise man will walk in the counsel of someone else that's wise. Why would we as a believer, and and we are supposed to be a reflection of Christ, why would we in any way walk in any way that would bring things jeopardizing in our walk? Go to John chapter 6, if you will. The book of John chapter 6. I know we're going to move quickly here. I don't know how long I've been up here, but probably longer than I realize. John chapter 6 and verse 23 says this. Well, I hope I got this right. Yes. Howbeit, there came other boats from Tiberias nigh unto the place where they did eat bread after the Lord had given thanks. And when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, and his neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou here? And Jesus said to them, Truly, I say to you, seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which is perishable, but for the meat which endureth into everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him that hath God the Father sealed. Let me much We're going to stop there, because here's the deal. A lot of times we look for God for all the answers, but we don't look for Him for the relationship. And there is no way, there is no way we can grow spiritually if we're just looking for the food. We're just looking for the food. How many of you all, your your wives can cook real well? Anybody here, your wives cook real good? Yeah, yeah. How many of you married your wife because she cooks good? (laughs) I was trying to set you up. That is a plus. If your wife knows how to cook, that is a plus. That's a great plus. But it's not a basis for marriage. Same way as a relationship with Christ. It's not a basis for what he can give you. It's the basis of you understanding who he is. And until we understand who he is, weeds will always come and instill the value of that relationship. We're going to go on. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 33, it's about relationship, and I'm just going to skip ahead of it. Have you ever noticed that when you are around certain people that you uh, end up more agitated when you leave them, less spiritually strong when you leave them? Your convictions always seem to compromise when you're with them. These relationships are weeds. I remember, I remember having lots of friends. Let me give you an example. When I was in Bible college, and this this isn't a a, a school that's just Christian-based, this was a ministry school where my wife and I went. Ministry, Central Bible or Central Bridal, however you want to look at it, Central Bible College. You didn't go there to be a teacher, you didn't go there to, to be a... A construction guy or a business whiz, you went there to be a pastor, a missionary, or some type of ministry. That's what we went there for. In my first two years there, I played basketball, and I enjoyed it, and it was great and everything, but one of the things I noticed is that the guys I played ball with had a lot of compromises going on in their life, and those were weeds. They were things that kind of... That rubbed me wrong. And did I get caught up in some of it? Yes. Some of the things I got caught up in, it had to be had to be pleated pants, and it had to have cuffs, had to have the skinny tie, had to have the pointed shoes. I know it's, it's ugh, gross now. But it's the way it was. So now I've got on a jacket with boots, you know. But I got caught up in, in a group of guys, and they were great guys. But there was compromises going on in this group of guys that I knew I could not thrive spiritually. I couldn't. I was going backwards. You know, it's pretty bad when your roommate in college, and we're, we're in ministry school. When your roommate in college for your birthday, he goes and gets you something. You know what he went and bought me? It humiliated me. He bought me an album by Chicago. Chicago. I'll never forget when he gave me that, because I love Chicago. I don't listen to it anymore, but I loved them. for me to see, I'm sorry. I think it's who the thing. But, but I loved the group. But dude, when he handed me that album... I knew weeds were all in my life. That was the last year I played. My last few years of college didn't play. wasn't going to. Because I found out there's some things that were more important than being cool and dressing cool and driving a cool car and all the things I thought was was important. And I began to get rid of the weeds. Relationships I had with guys. I remember the one guy. Man, he was. I mean, this guy can play ball. He was. He probably could have played pro ball in Europe. I know he could have. I'll never forget when he found out my third year coming, he goes, You're not going to play ball. I said, No, man, I got to get some other things where they need to be. He goes, You know what this means, don't you? I said, What? He goes, We won't be very good friends anymore. And when he told me that, I said, You know what? I didn't say it to him. I said, Well, it's not going to change my decision. This guy had influenced me. He had. He wore the big gold nugget bracelets. He was one that challenged me in a variety of things that were stylish. You know how corrupt the guy is when he starts getting GQ magazine all the time? Some of you are saying, Ugh, yes. It's hard to believe this guy ever done that, isn't it? Yeah, right, Kayleen? Don't talk about it. That's Kayleen. She can tell you some other time. <clears throat> Stay with me. It wasn't the first time I had weeds, though. Remember when I was in the 6th grade and I had the buddy that got me to hide his rolling papers for his marijuana and, my, and gave it to me on the bus and I took it home and and it in the closet and the next day the Holy Spirit prompts my mom, and she didn't know she was being prompted, but she was, and she went and cleaned my closet out and found the rolling papers, remember that? That was embarrassing. I never smoked weed, never have, never will, to me it's stupid, but regardless... So there's the weed and papers. And then, and then in the seventh grade, I got put with a group of guys in, in junior high that wasn't as quiet as together, came from little rougher families. And, and we have got along great and done well, but I never, I never excelled. I always just done what they done. I never forget when I came home one day, and you remember the story, my mother said, Dwight, you need to be very choosy about who you rub shoulders with and who you hang out with at school because it's becoming more evident in your life. That's all she had to say. Now, I'm going to stop this with us. I don't know what else to say about us in a walk with the Lord but this. Where there are weeds, it's not mom and dad's fault and it's not anybody else's fault. It's time for you to deal with the weeds. And there's times that every one of us has things that we have to recognize. But friend, until we recognize it, there will be pig weeds all over us. They'll be in every part of our life and they will dominate us. And they won't just stop with a little bit. Because they produce and produce and produce. A lot of weeds have multiple producing seasons. And a lot of sins and a lot of things in our life have multiple producing seasons. And they continue to dominate us. But you've got to be the one who recognizes it. Close with one more thought. The weeds that we refuse to deal with are exactly the weeds that will choke the life out of you. And they will take it. And the one who placed those seeds there in your life will laugh the whole way as you're choking for your last spiritual breath. Because we do have an adversary. He doesn't always plant the seeds but he makes them available. Sometimes we plant them. Sometimes we go to the store and buy them. We may buy them down at on the go. We may go to Walmart. We may go off somewhere else so nobody else sees us what we're buying but we're the ones buying the seed. He just makes it available. And I don't know who this is for but I do know this. The reality of it is that until we recognize this and until you and I deal with it individually for it to choke Christ out of your life and then we'll go back to two messages ago oh if I would have done this if I would have paid attention then if I could look back now if I could go back and change then what I could have done now friend Jesus said today is the day of what today is the day to deal with anything we're going to pray we're going to open the altars up We've, we've done this several times lately but friend I believe we're living in a time where where things become desperate, and we have to be desperate to get honest with God and, and where we are, what's going on, and the things that we allow, and the things we tolerate. Don't forget the miracles that he has done. Don't forget the grace that he has given you. Don't forget that he has been merciful before. But he may not always remain merciful. There is always a time of judgment. Don't play, wait a minute. Don't play around with that little bottle at, at, town, at, at on the go. You hear me? That little bottle, it's plastic and got the little black lids on it. And it's it's got I don't know what's on it, but it's some kind of algae. Don't play with that. It may seem small, but the but the seed in it is huge. Don't do it. Don't hide the vodka in your in your Diet Coke or your Coke bottle. Don't do it. Don't hide the pills under prescriptions that you keep going back to the same doctor because he you manipulate it because you're a woman or you manipulate it because you're a man and they keep believing you giving you stuff you have no business taking, friend that is weeds, that is weeds, and it's gonna take your life.